This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston. Replay words to delete. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. It's another replay episode where we are sharing some of our favorite episodes of the show. Today is words to delete. And this is actually an episode my admin and who I really view as like my partner in crime a lot of times too, Rachel chose. She has listened to every single episode of the show, read every transcript. So she knows this podcast even better than I do. And when we were selecting episodes, she's like, Lindsay, we have to do words to delete. That one's one of my absolute favorites because it's just so simple and easy um, for people to just have quick takeaways to see what words they need to, in essence, you know, shift out of their vocabulary and out of their thinking. So this one's for you, Rachel, and everyone out there listening. I hope you love it. And next up is my former intro and then my um, solo episode. So enjoy. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. So happy to have you. Today, we're going to talk about words to delete from your vocabulary. I started thinking about this just a few days ago, actually. I started thinking, you know, what are the words or phrases that we say to ourselves that many times we think are just normal phrases or words to say, but they're really not serving us. And a lot of people in society say these words a lot, and they just aren't helping themselves by doing it. So my goal is today to open your mind and to empower you to see just how powerful your thinking can be, A, and two, how you can do some quick, simple shifts in the way you're saying things or thinking about things to open up a whole new world for you. Before we jump into all that, though, just want to give a shout out to everyone leaving a review for the show. So grateful for all of your feedback. It's been like at least a month since somebody's left a review, I think. Um, like everything's kind of coming together at this point, like from March onward in 2020, it's all a blur, right? But I feel like it's been a while. So please go leave a review if you're a new listener for the show. I see the numbers are going up every single month for the show. So I know you guys are out there. I know you're listening. Go leave a review. It just helps boost um, other listeners to find the show, gets us on the iTunes charts, which is always fun. And um, I just love getting your feedback to know to keep producing this content. So as I said, we're going to talk today about words and phrases to delete from your vocabulary. So let's jump right in. The first word that I encourage you to delete is the word try. So I mentioned this in another episode recently. I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it may have been like make quick decisions, but we were talking about how try really doesn't make sense. Because the example I gave was if somebody said, hey, rip this piece of paper, you're either going to rip it or you're not going to rip it. 
you're not going to try and rip a piece of paper. You're either going to do it or you're not, right? And that's how I feel about the word try now. Like every time I hear it, I just think, oh, it's like a nails on a chalkboard. Like when somebody says they're trying to do something, that tells me that they're not all the way committed to something yet. And when you're not all the way committed to something yet, then you're just going to halfway do it. And so in essence, you are going to try. So why not just say, hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to go on and and here I go, like try, I almost said try and do it, but go all in and do it or either not do it, right? So for example, if I have an income goal that I want to make for the month, I'm either going to make that goal or I'm not going to make it. Now, of course, I'm going to say, in essence, maybe in my brain, I'm going to try and make it. But what really happens is then you kind of start talking yourself out of it. I know this is seems really small. I'm like, Lindsay, really? This is where we're going to go. We're going to analyze the word try. But it does. It makes an impact. I've just realized in the past few months as I've deleted this word from my vocabulary or when it comes up, I spot it and I reframe it. It's just changed the game for me. It's allowed me to go all in. And I did a whole podcast episode about going all in recently. I'll link it in the show notes if you didn't listen to that one. But it just allows me to either say, okay, either I'm going to make this happen or I'm not going to make this happen. And it's so funny because somebody in my community, after they listened to that episode where we talked about try, she brought up a quote from Star Wars. It was from Yoda. It was something like either try or don't try, but there's no in between kind of thing. And I was like, yes, that's so true. It's so true. Is that try is just really saying, uh, I'm just going to put myself a little bit into this activity or this goal, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not necessarily all the way in yet. So just something to think about there as if you're starting to say, oh, we're going to try and do this. We're going to try and do that. That is a big red flag of your mindset of saying, hey, I'm not really all the way in yet. I'm not fully committed to making this thing work. And if that's the case, that's fine. But I really want you to start to get to a place where you decide you're going to do something and then you go all in and you do it and you give it your all. And then once you give it your all, you can analyze your results from a place of I gave this my all. And so now I can, you know, look at it in a way of, you know, what can I improve upon next time? And again, I talked about this on that going all in episode and I gave the example of like on my consult calls. When, you know, I have somebody who says, oh, I'm interested in coaching and we get on a free call and they tell me about their life. And then I talk to them about their problems that even they're not seeing in their life. And we paint a vision for coaching and then we talk about coaching and they make a decision to go yes or no. On those consults, I go all in. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to try it and see if they want to do coaching or not. If I feel like I can give them great results, I tell them and I say, I can absolutely deliver this for you. And here's what this would look like. And here's the vision. And here's how it's going to go down. I'd love to work with you. And so I'm not trying to gain them. I'm just either going to gain them as a client or I'm not going to gain them as a client. And then because I went all in, I gave it my very best shot. Then if they say no, afterwards, I can analyze it and say, okay, maybe where did I miss the mark? If I did, or maybe it just wasn't a good fit. But then I can analyze those results from a place that's a lot more productive versus just kind of half doing it. As we, as we say often in our society, half-assing it, right? So just start to think about that of when you're starting to do things, ask yourself, you know, what is stopping me from going all in on this? Because if I'm just trying it, that really means that I'm not all the way committed yet, which again, may be fine. 
maybe fine in that situation, but just really make sure that you understand how you're going into something and that you love your reasons for why you may just be trying versus going all in on it. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. And this may be, this podcast episode in general, maybe one where you're like, huh, what? And like really questioning things because again, it's, it's really shaking up a lot of things that we've just been told to do. And at first it does kind of make you feel a little confused. I know as I've been presented with some of these things, like the try thing, for example, I've really had to wrap my head around it and really understand it of, okay, why would I not want to do that? And I'm, I, it takes me some time and I'm just getting to a point where I'm really understanding that try one. So try it on, see if it works for you. But the next word or phrase I encourage you to delete is should or shouldn't. So we actually had a whole episode of the show called something like letting go of should. And I interviewed Ellen Schneike on that episode. And she talked about how she lived like the should life of doing all these things that she told that she should be doing. And she ended up getting a master's in science and she was on her way to get a PhD. And then she woke up one day and she just realized like, this is not the life that I want to live. This is my should life. And I brought her on the show because so many of my clients, including myself, can relate to that. If we were just doing all these should things, like I should go to college, I should, you know, find my ideal partner, I should get a house, I should have kids, right? Like all those societal boxes that we like to check off. And it's been so freeing to realize this whole should mentality is something that holds everybody back, really. Because anytime you're saying to yourself, oh, I should go do that. That's a big sign that you really don't want to do it, but you just feel like you, in essence, have to do it. Same with shouldn't. Like, oh, I shouldn't go and eat this cupcake or I shouldn't go and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But just just it's it's really important that if those words are coming up for you, you ask yourself, okay, Lindsay has said, you know, this whole should mentality is really me saying I don't really want to go do it. So let me sit here and analyze it. Is this something I really want to be doing or not doing? And ask yourself and get really, really clear if it's something you want to do or not. Because so many times we're just presented with all these behaviors and these beliefs and they're passed down to us. And then we wake up one day, kind of like Ellen did on that interview. It's like, man, I don't really like my life. I don't really like what I'm doing every day. And it's because we've just been doing all these should activities. And then, you know, that doesn't feel good. So anytime, again, you find yourself saying, well, I should go do this, or I shouldn't go do blah, blah, blah. Then ask yourself, is this authentic to me? Is this really what I want to be doing? Okay. The next one I want to present you with is a phrase. And it's, there's something wrong with me. I bring this phrase up a lot on the podcast because it's one that I used to struggle with a lot. I had this really deep belief that there was something wrong with me. And I've talked about how I went to therapy for my first experience. And that was the goal. Well, I came to her and I just said, you know, I want to figure out what's wrong with me. And <laughs> granted, if, if a coaching client ever came to me and said, I want to figure out what's wrong with me, I would reframe that so fast. <laughs> Because the truth is there's nothing wrong with any of us ever. Sure, could some of us be diagnosed with certain things? Absolutely. But how does that serve us sometimes? I think sometimes it can help us. 
I know a client of mine just recently got diagnosed with ADHD and it's been so helpful for her to realize that and she feels very empowered by that. But there are times when it's just like we're searching for something wrong with us and we just think there's something wrong with us and so it holds us back with our confidence and it makes us judge ourselves and criticize ourselves and it's just not needed. You know, I I spend so much time with clients reframing this belief in their minds because they just constantly think there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. Because again, it's a very common belief for us to have. And it's just not true. There's not anything ever wrong with you. Now we could always find something wrong with you. But why, why is that serving you to think that? So the, the belief that I like to present to my clients is let's find what's right with you. And that's why we do a lot of exercises like the Clifton Strengths Assessment, where we're looking at all the things that they're really good at. And many times the things they're really good at are just an overdrive and it's causing problems in their life for them. And so many people would diagnose, for example, somebody with high empathy as maybe being codependent or having anxiety and depression when the reality is, is they're just highly empathetic and they're taking in all this stimulus or stimuli, I guess, from the world around them. And it's causing them to just have a lot of high level emotions, you know, that, that are causing turmoil in their lives when they just need a couple quick tools and boundaries and just awareness even of this, the strength to tweak it. And so instead of diagnosing them with all these things, instead it's like, okay, you just have empathy. Well, here's our plan of action. You got to do da 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 da. And then all of a sudden they're moving and grooving in life again. And when they're not, they know, okay, I know what I need to do because I have this empathy strength and they're back at it. And their confidence just blooms because of that. And they don't sit around beating themselves up. They just realize, hey, this is a part of me. And this is just what I need to do to manage this part of me and make it the best of me. And then they move on. So are you seeing here like some of these words and phrases? It's just these little tweaks that we need to make of things that we say to ourselves. Because even though it seems small, it really is big. It's like we every time we think a thought, which we think so many per day, I think it's something like 80,000 thoughts, we go down this pathway. And so we think this thought, we go down one pathway and it may be a pathway that serves us. And sometimes we think a thought and then go down a pathway that doesn't serve us. And every time we're making that choice toward a pathway that doesn't serve us, then it's like sometimes we get into murkier and murkier water or murkier pathways of all of a sudden we feel like crap and we don't really like what we've done that day and we don't really like how we've shown up and it just kind of snows, snowballs, you know? And so it, it does make a big difference. And this is why people who do mindset work and coaching or other outlets, they, they just start to feel better. And all of a sudden, it's like they're on fire even because all these things start to change in their lives. Because when you can change one belief or one thing you're telling yourself day in and day out, it changes the whole game. Again, it's like choosing a different pathway. And so then it leads you on this different trail and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, because I chose that different thought, now I ha- I'm presented with this different opportunity because now I have this opportunity. Now this next thing happens. It's pretty amazing. So you may not believe me quite yet on that. Again, this is kind of opening your mind in ways that you may be like, huh? 
what is she talking about? I don't get it. But it's pretty powerful stuff. Okay. So just to recap, the first words or phrases I said to delete. First is try. The second is should or shouldn't. And the third is there's something wrong with me. The next phrase I encourage you to delete from your mindset or thinking is I'm not enough. So this is a big one for almost everybody. (laughs) It's the deep down core belief we all share is that we believe we're not enough. And the reality is, is we are more than enough. But for whatever reason, our brain just likes to tell us otherwise. Something happens to us in our childhood and we just walk away with this belief that, oh, it must be because I'm not enough. It's just not true. So if you ever find yourself thinking I'm not enough, and a lot of times this isn't a conscious thought. This is like a very deep unconscious thought. So it's kind of one I have to pull out of all my clients with different memories and and getting them to realize this. And then all of a sudden, you just can't not see it. Everything you're doing when you're not showing up the way you want to show up, you're not getting what you want, It's it goes back to this belief of I'm not enough. And when you can change this belief of believing you're more than enough, you're amazing and awesome just the way you are, which I know sounds very rah-rah to some of you and like rainbows and butterflies. And you may not believe that at all right now about yourself, but when you can get to that place, man, that's when you really become unstoppable. So in my case, you know, it's taken me some years to get to this place where I feel like I'm more than enough. And granted, I have my moments for sure where I'm like, oh, you know, like, for example, I gave, you know, I had a consult recently and I just thought I killed it on that consult and she was all in and then I never heard from her again. And I just started analyzing it back in my mind. It's like, where did I go wrong? What did I do? And pulled up some feelings of feeling unworthy out of there, which I had no idea were there. And then deep down here comes that belief again, I'm not enough. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second, brain. Not true. I'm more than enough. I'm amazing just as I am. It just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be with this person. And then I'm able to let it go. But I'm aware that I tell myself that sometimes. And so then I can flip it and I believe it enough that my brain doesn't fight me too much on it. Okay, so just start to to pull that in you when you see yourself like, oh, I didn't get this promotion or this person didn't talk to me today or my husband didn't do X, Y, Z or my partner, you know, start to think, okay, what is that coming down to? What is that I'm really thinking about myself as to why I didn't get the result that I wanted? And nine times out of 10, it comes back to that. I'm not enough, which does not serve you. Okay. The next word or phrase I encourage you to delete is I don't know. So this is one, obviously, we say a lot in our society. I don't know. I don't know. Especially as women. I don't know. I don't know the answer. We don't like to own our power. We don't like to stand firm in what we believe in. Just kind of how we're taught as women sometimes is to be sweet and nice, right? And when we say, I don't know, granted, sometimes we do know and we just like to play dumb. At least I've had to, I've done that in my past. My husband was really good about this. He's like, Lindsay, quit saying that. You do know you are smart. Stop it. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize that I did that. But in time, I've gotten even more aware of it. And then I catch it in my clients too. I'll ask them something and they'll say, I don't know. And I'll come back to them and I'll say, what if you did know? What if you did know the answers? 
And then the wheels start turning in their mind. And all of a sudden, these answers just start coming out. And even if they still don't know the answers, the wheels start turning to, how can I problem solve this? Who could I ask that does know the answers? And all of a sudden, they go from, in essence, being in kind of a victim mentality of, I don't know, and then just throwing their hands up in the air to, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. So then they become this problem solver. So if you see again, like just that little tweak of, I don't know, to, I don't know, but maybe I'll figure it out. Or I don't know, but I am going to figure it out. Like really owning that, going all in, as I keep saying, it just opens up a whole new pathway. And then all of a sudden you're getting different results because you're thinking something different. Okay. Just something to think about. The next word or phrase I encourage you to delete is I have to. So this one is, again, really going back to like a victim mentality. I have to go to work. I have to take care of my kids. I have to do this assignment. Granted, you may be assigned to do some of those things. Granted, you may feel like you have to show up to your job and you have to take care of your kids. But this goes back to an episode I did with Susan Valor called Master Your Motivation. I'll link in the show notes. But she's talking about one of the big top three things that research has shown to help us stay motivated is to realize that everything's a choice. And when we realize when we get up every day, we're going to our job, maybe one that we don't enjoy, it's still a choice. You can make the choice not to go. Now, granted, you may get fired, but you're still making the choice of I'm choosing to go to my job versus getting fired. If it's about your kids. I'm choosing to show up as a parent instead of laying in bed all day. I'm choosing to do this assignment that I really don't want to do because I'm making the choice that my job is more important than not having my job. And so again, that little tweak of just saying, you know, or not saying I have to, to, I want to, or I choose to, then it's like, you're not this victim anymore. You realize that you do have the power and maybe you don't like the choices you're presented with. You know, this reminds me of my son. He's two right now. We're getting to the age of, do you want a banana or do you want an orange? And sometimes he's like, I don't want either. And he'll just sit there and be quiet. But then I go back to it again. Do you want a banana or do you want an orange? <laughs> and, and it stinks, right? It stinks that we're not presented with the choices that we want, but we still have a choice. You know, I even thought about this with people who are imprisoned and maybe even against their will. Like I went real extreme when I was really thinking about this belief and you know, they have very few choices, but they still always have a choice. They have a choice that they could obey the rules of their imprisonment or they could not and then have punishment because of that, right? So we always, always have a choice, my friend, and it really doesn't serve us to ever say that we don't and say that I have to go do something because then it's just that little bitty ding that we tell ourselves to go down that pathway in essence that just feels like oh I'm this victim to my life and a victim mentality just does not serve anybody it doesn't empower you so cut that one you'll feel so much better when you do okay the next word or phrase they encourage you to delete from your vocabulary or your thinking is it's too late so I don't know what age it is But at some point in our childhood, we go from 
not feeling like we're behind or if we haven't done something, it's not that big of a deal to, well, I've never done that before. I don't know if I can do that. And then it starts coming out. It's too late. It's too late for me to do that. You know, it's so interesting, right? Like what if babies had said that about walking? Well, I've never walked before. It's too late. It's never too late, my friend, ever. You know, even if we think about some professions where you do have to be technically in a certain age most times to do it. Like I think about dance, for example, you have a dance background. So like ballerinas tend to be very young or models tend to be very young, but there's always exceptions to the rules. Granted, the statistics maybe not be on your side, but I think of, for example, I think it's a cover girl model and she's older. I think she's like in her 60s or 70s. Never modeled before. Pretty amazing, right? I think always of Louise Hay too. If you don't know her, she was big in the personal development realm. She didn't write her first book until she was in her 60s and then ended up developing Hay House Publishing, which is one of the biggest, if not biggest, publishing houses for personal development. And she did all of that between 60 and, and I think she was like 92 when she passed away. What if she had said it's too late? I mean, there's always opportunities for us. And a lot of times our brains like to judge what we can do in our future based on what we've done in our past. But our future potential is always endless. You know, it's, it's just that we're always judging ourselves of like, again, I've never done that before. I don't know if I can do it. You could be able to do it. You don't know, though. You've got to try. Well, there we go to that try, right? You've got to go and commit to it, make it happen. See, even I'm more working on these words and phrases to, to delete. <laughs> that try one really gets me. Like, I'm just constantly, like, catching myself on that one. Yeah? All right, so let's do a quick recap, and then I'm going to close it out with the last few. But so far, I've talked about try, which, as I have shared, it's a hard one. Should and shouldn't. There's something wrong with me. I'm not enough. I don't know. I have to. It's too late. And then the last two I want to leave you with is it's blank's fault. So in essence, thinking others or other things are the cause of your thinking, your feeling, your actions and results. So this is one I've talked about a lot on the show lately. Um, I've talked about a tool called the self-coaching model. Um, Master Your Mindset is a really great listen if you want to go and learn more about this. I'll link in the show notes. But in essence, the model shows us that our circumstances are never at fault for the way that we're thinking and feeling and what actions we're taking and what results we're getting. Instead, it's the way we're thinking about that circumstance that causes our feelings, our actions, and results. We always are in control of our thinking. In essence, we're always in control of the awareness of it. Our brain may be, be delivering thoughts to us that we don't necessarily want, that don't, don't serve us, but we can always have the opportunity to explore those thoughts and bring them to the awareness. And the model will help us do that. And I'll link a model printable in this, um, the show notes here too, if you're ready to just kind of get started with that. But it's, it's never our circumstances. And so when you're saying it's Blink's fault, it's coronavirus's fault, it's my mom's fault, it's my childhood's fault, it's my husband's fault. Never, no, it's always on you, which is a hard one. 
again, this is like really breaking down any sort of victim mentality that you have, right? You know, we all get stuck on this. I talked about recently, you know, when coronavirus hit, I was like, well, there goes my business. Screw it. All I'm going to do is take care of kids. And my coach, JC Bayman, put out a podcast around that time specifically for moms about coronavirus. And she said, if you're a mom and you think you're going to, going to, you know, let your coaching business go to the wayside, I want to encourage you to think differently. And that podcast really woke me up. And now my, my business is thriving beyond belief. I've doubled my revenue and then doubled again. And I don't even know how much I, you know, Matt, you know, changed it in August. I went from making like 5k months pretty consistently for a year, you know, average, right? Some months were better, some, some weren't. And then in June, it was a 11k, July 12k. And then in August, I just closed it out today, September 1st, as I record this, I made something like $58,000 in new business. Crazy, right? What if I had just said at that time, oh, coronavirus's fault, can't go do my business. I would have missed out not only on the income, the income's just the bonus, but all those people that I'm helping. I would miss out on all these podcasts I'm recording for you, all the people that I'm now contracting and employing and helping them with their families. Yeah, what a missed opportunity, right? So just think about that for your own life. If you are ever blaming something else, Take that power back and realize you always have the power, my friend. Always, always, always. And then the last thing I want to leave you with today is a word or phrase to delete is it's too hard. So if you find yourself saying, oh, it's too hard to change jobs. It's too hard to change my thinking. It's too hard to improve my marriage. It's too hard to feel different. Granted, it may feel really hard. But again, it's just a thought that's creating a feeling and you can always change the thoughts. Always. It may take some work. You may not believe your new thoughts that you want to put in instead of things like I can do hard things. But in time, you're going to build a brain wire in your brain. It's just like building any other habit. And in time, you will start to believe that thing a little bit more and more every single day. Our brain is just like a computer. We just have to teach it how to program it, what we want. And so sometimes we get these thoughts or these phrases or words that it presents us with. And we just think, oh, yep, that's just it. That's what I got to believe. But really, it's just a sentence our brain is telling us. That's it. And every time we realize what that sentence is, first of all, because a lot of times we're telling ourselves so many things we don't even realize it, when we bring it to the awareness, And then we don't have this high emotional charge over it, like I'm not enough, and have this wave of maybe shame and guilt and doubt and sadness and all that, but just realizing what it is, just a sentence, then we have power over it and we can start to change it. And this, my friend, is the power of coaching, is realizing what those thoughts are, realizing when they're not serving you, and then understanding how you can change those thoughts. And that's what starts to create a different life for you. Even if you already have a good life, this is what starts to create a massive momentum forward into creating all the things you want in life and more. You know, I think sometimes when people listen to me saying that, they're like, oh man, Lindsay, you know, so um, slimy, (laughs) full of BS, you know, is like, how can she say that? How can it just seem that easy? Well, because I'm helping my clients understand their brains. 
We're not taught this stuff in school, and it's such a shame that we're not. The brain is the driver's seat to our entire life, and yet we spend no time learning what's in the driver's seat. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm telling you, decades from now, and hopefully we don't even have to wait that long, you know, everybody will be doing this kind of work, and they will look back on the history books, and they'll say, I can't believe They didn't know how to fully maximize their brain because look at all the things we're doing now in our lives because we understand our brains. Like I can imagine it. You know, there's not as much conflict. Everybody's living their life as their best selves. They're getting to do what they want. Man, wouldn't it be a great place just because they understood their brain and they knew how to process emotions and reprogram their brain. Oh my gosh. So incredible but you're at the cutting edge right now. You are listening to a podcast like this one. You're learning the techniques that I'm sharing with you. And even though you may find it confusing at times, I'm like, what the world is Lindsay talking about? I really don't understand. You're still showing up. You're still like your mind is open enough to try it out. And then if you get really brave, you may sign up for coaching. And in essence, you put your money where your mouth is. And you really start to create changes. And trust me, it feels really scary at first when you do that. But then in just a few weeks time, you're like, oh my gosh, how could I not have done this? I'm just finishing up with some clients after their first month of coaching. And I say, you know, it was just a month ago that we had our consult. What would you tell yourself just a month ago? And they say, oh my gosh, I had no idea what was in store. I just feel so much better already. I don't feel stuck anymore. I have a plan of action moving forward. I know why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. You know, I just feel more like myself than ever before. And it's been rough these few weeks, Lindsay, of pulling all the things I've been telling myself, you know, all these words and phrases in essence that they need to delete in their lives. But it's been good, worthy work. So thank you for showing up to a podcast like this and doing this kind of work. Not only are you going to change yourself, you're going to change those around you, and then you're going to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Little you is going to change the world just by being yourself and maximizing your mindset. It's pretty crazy how it works. I would have never imagined I'm at a place in my life today from doing work like this. So hopefully you took away some words and phrases you want to delete in your life. I'm just going to do a real quick recap one last time. We said to delete the word try, the word should or shouldn't. The phrase, there's something wrong with me. The phrase, I'm not enough. The phrase, I don't know. The phrase, I have to. The phrase, it's too late. The phrase, it's so-and-so or something's fault. And the phrase, it's too hard. I'm curious too, are there any words or phrases that you would want to add to this list? Head on over to my free community and let me know. I would love to hear from you. Just go to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E-Preston.com forward slash community. There's also a link in the show notes. And let's continue the conversation over there. And if some of these kind of confuse you, let's talk through those too. I'm always open to answering your questions. And it's just easier for me to communicate with you in the private community. And a lot of times people are inspired by what you post in there and they learn off of it. And they think, oh my gosh, I didn't even think to ask that question. Thank you so much. So I'd love to have you. And that's all for what I have for you today, my friend. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Bye. 
Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.